You may be seated. Wendy, it's nice to have you today. Manny's cousin, Wendy. Good to have you. It's an honor for us to share this morning and uh, thankful for this opportunity. You know, this is the place where God spoke into our lives and changed our lives. And uh, Kelly got baptized in the Holy Spirit on that back row back back there about 23 years ago. Pastor Pam had a word for her on a Wednesday night, came back. And uh, she was baptized in the Holy Spirit that night. This is where first time we had ever heard the word of faith and, and the message of love and uh, where the gospel became alive to us. And uh, we're so thankful for our church. Amen? Amen. Thankful for our pastors, for their obedience to God's call on their life. And uh, we're all uh, fruit of their obedience. So let's give the Lord a hand this morning for our pastors. Amen. <laughs> Let's pray. Amen. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for the opportunity to be together this morning. We yield ourselves to you. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your living word, and we yield ourselves to you. We ask you these next few minutes, Father, that you would speak through us in a powerful way. Our hearts and minds are open to receive what you have for us this morning. We thank you, Father. We thank you. Renew our minds with your powerful word and change us this morning in Jesus' name. And Father, I just thank you right now. Our eyes are on you, Lord. I just thank you that your perfect will would be done, Lord. I just thank you, Father. You are so good, so awesome, so mighty, Lord. And I just thank you, Father, right now that our our lips are lips of clay, Father, that you speak through us. It's not our own words, Father, but whatever you want said today, Lord, we just yield ourselves to you right now, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, that Every single person that's here, Lord, we'll leave changed. We'll leave, Lord, excited. We'll leave encouraged, Father. I just thank you. Your perfect will would be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. We do believe we have a word from the Lord for us today. And um, the title of today's message is uh, Heaven on Earth Relationships. Amen. And uh, this has been uh, interesting for uh, Kelly and I to put this together and contemplate sharing together because, uh, you know, I was talking yesterday and, and I, I said, you know what, this is the first time in 23 years of marriage that uh, we've ever shared together. And she said, no, it's not. <laughs> and she said, we, we shared on a Wednesday night one time and it was a perfect example of, of that's what we're dealing with here, right? So um, relationships, everybody has a different perspective of the relationship, and, and people look at it differently, and it's so important that, that we see the relationship and, and all the different relationships we have in our lives recognize uh, the other person's perspective, amen? And only by looking at it that way and yielding to the, the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives and all of our relationships, that's the only way we're going to see God's perfect plan fulfilled in those relationships. Amen? Amen. Amen? And here's what he's working with. He has, like, the beginning, the middle, the end. It's all typed out. And mine's a bunch of, like, whatever God gives me, I write it down, scribble it down, write this scripture down. And somehow God, like, puts it all together and makes it work out. But he's so good. Amen? serve such an awesome God. And I just want to encourage you today. We're, we're 
coming out of or giving you a perspective as parents because we have five children. But I, you know, recognize not everybody in here is a parent. Um, maybe you don't. Maybe you are a parent, but you don't have kids living your, in your home anymore. Maybe you're a grandparent. You know, wherever you're at, um, we are all a part of God's family, and so we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And we should constantly be looking for people that we can plant seeds into, that we can encourage, that we can. Um, speak words of life over uh, Matthew twenty two nineteen. It's very hard to read because it is one of my tiny, it's this little one right here, that little scribble right there. Matthew twenty two nineteen says that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so as we love ourselves, you know, we should want, everybody wants the best for themselves, right? We should want the best for the people around us. We should take the time to like invest into people's lives and especially um, we work with the teenagers, and so I see there's all kinds of teenagers, but not just teenagers, young people, older people. There's all kinds of people who are just looking for someone to take the time to invest into them, to love them, to speak the word of God, to speak truth. Amen? So maybe you don't have a child in the home. There are people that God has for you. Amen? Yeah, we're coming at this from a parent's perspective. But uh, each of us have people in our life that God has put in our life, has given us influence in their lives, uh, people who are attached to our lives that we're responsible for. Amen? And so um, we're going to give a lot of examples regarding our kids and, and maybe uh, insights in those different things. But our prayer is you can utilize these truths from God's Word for all your relationships. Amen? <clears throat> and uh, the you know examples I'm, that we're giving to like <laughs> and the knowledge if it, you want knowledge that we have is because we have lived there and done it and so we've experienced it so it might right. come across like oh yeah they got it together now but we have lived what we're talking about so <laughs> do we have it together now we're working on it i said it might look like okay parents we're working on it doesn't it. even look like it i don't know I'm sure we all have things in our uh, relationships, current and relationships past, that uh, maybe we wish we had done differently. And, um, but uh, today, we, uh, we move forward. Everybody say, move forward. move forward. Today, we receive God's wisdom, His direction on how to, uh, you know, that's one of the things I love about the Lord is every day is brand new in Him. Amen? Every day, His mercy is brand new for us. We get new wisdom, new revelation, new insight to show us, especially how to deal with relationships and uh, be very effective in those relationships. <clears throat> the, uh, at, the, at the end of the, the service this morning, uh, I'm going to pray for you, and uh, if you're here this morning and you need a breakthrough in any relationship uh, in your life, maybe multiple relationships, some different situations that uh, you've been standing, believing God for, I um, want to pray with you this morning and believe God for breakthrough with you in Jesus' name. I, uh, I want to share just for a second about um, where I work. Um, I feel so fortunate to be a part of the, uh, of, of the organization for this season uh, in my life. In 2012, it was, um, it was recognized as the number one place to work in the state of Indiana. For the past uh, eight years, recognized as a top 10 place to work in the state. And uh, it's a place where I can be myself. And, uh, um, and, and I've had a great time there since, since 2008. And um, 
know, if you look at the success of the organization, there's about 800 employees there. And if you look at the success of the organization, a lot of people might think that, that it's because of the foundation of the, uh, the values that, that they communicate regularly. And uh, we hear these. And the, the values are caring, loyalty, integrity, friendship, and my personal favorite, fun. But, um, you know, and these, these values are important. But, but I believe what makes the organization such a special place is, has been leadership's um, ability uh, to find the right people and, and put those people in the right positions. And they've done it very strategically uh, and on purpose for over 20 years. And, and so for every position in the organization, they have identified the ideal character traits or personality profile or giftings, giftings of a person that would thrive in that position. And so the, the first step in the application process is you take a predictive index with a lot of different names for those, the personality tests and so forth. But, you know, for each position, if you go through the accounting department at the corporate headquarters, the walls are gray, and there's no pictures in the cubicles. It's very quiet. No one's smiling, but they're smiling on the inside. They're very content and fulfilled in those positions because they're born to be accountants. They're born to stare at their computers all day and work with Excel spreadsheets, and they find fulfillment from that. You go across the hall, and you walk into the marketing department, and the music's loud. There's there's things, posters all over the walls. They're dressed casually. There's lots of noise, and they're having fun. And they're fulfilled in those positions. Someone who is born to be in marketing is not going to function well. They're not going to thrive in the accounting department. And the person in the accounting department is not going to thrive in the marketing department. It seems so simple. But I don't know of any organization that is so purposeful or does this in such a strategic way. And so after 20 years, you have 800 people in the right place. The bus is going this direction. So we need to make sure the bus is going in the right direction and then get the right people on the bus and then get each of those people in the right seat. And then anything is possible. Amen? Our family is an organization. Our family is a team. And each of our kids have been given by God specific, unique giftings, talents, and abilities. Amen? Given to them by our Heavenly Father. And so we have viewed our role as parents to create an environment where they can thrive in those individual giftings and talents and abilities. Amen? Um, Because, oh, I'll just share a little little fun of our family because you know how he said fun he likes that word okay this is our this is our saturday morning yesterday but yesterday and the weekend before that and the weekend before that everybody wakes up pretty early at our house um without an alarm clock they just wake up even though it's saturday okay so about eight o'clock everybody's kind of eating cereal they're playing a golf game on their ipads everybody's really chill and then somebody starts whistling Well, somebody in our house does not like whistling because it bothers their ears, okay? And so, and this person knows they don't like whistling. That would be the pretty little 12-year-old right in the middle right there. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) So, 
So she has, the person, she has four brothers. So pers- the person whistling, Sam, whistles like as loud as he and sh- you know shrill as he can whistle because he knows whistling. his sister loves it. And then she can be like outside and hear it. You know, she's like, "Stop whistling!" So the whistling will stop, and then somebody starts singing a song, and it's you know a fun song. Well, then the next person joins in. Well, then before you know it, everybody's singing the song, and it's all happy. And then. The singing gets louder and louder, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, let's see who can be the loudest, but let's not see who can be the loudest singing. Let's see who can be the loudest making this obnoxious noise. So singing, it goes whistling, singing, loud singing, like everybody's and doing then I this join as in. loud as ah! and then he joins in, so everybody's going, this is like Saturday morning, okay? So we, eight in the morning, we go from really chill, so we can relate to quiet homes, and we can relate to really noisy homes, because we got a good uh, good mix of it all, but it's a lot of fun, and then until someone gets hurt. <laughs> That's right. It's all fun until someone gets hurt. Laughter, laughter, laughter. But um, no, I just, you know, the Bible says that before he formed us in the womb, he knew us, right? And so God has an amazing plan and a purpose for each one of us. Now, the plan that God has for me is not going to be the same plan that God has for you. And the gifts and the talents that he's put inside of me, like he put inside of me to fulfill the plan and the purpose that he has for me. And so the gifts and talents that he's put inside of you are what he has given you in order to equip you to fulfill the plan and the purpose that he has for your life. And a lot of times, you know, young people have all different personalities and they're trying to figure out what God has for them. And so our job is as parents is just to encourage them to seek the Lord and be who God has called them to be and not look, you know, I can't look at pastor Pam and say, Oh, well she's got all these gifts and talents. Those are, that's what I'm supposed to do because God has something specifically for me. And so we don't want our kids like comparing themselves because then they won't measure up. Then they'll feel inadequate, just encouraging them to be who God has called them to be and that God has given them specific gifts and specific talents. It's kind of like if you think of a fish, you know, a fish was created to thrive in the water, right? And so it wasn't created to thrive on the land. And so if it's looking at the land thinking, I want to be on there and it's not going to thrive and it's probably not going to live long. And a cat, you know, a cat doesn't like water. And so a cat's not going to go jump in the water because that's not what it was created for. And so our job is just to help point our kids in the right direction and know that God definitely has something for them and they can't compare themselves to what other people have or what other people are doing or what other people are saying because God has given them things to help them and, and equip them to fulfill their purpose on the earth. Amen. I have a powerful promise in the book of Proverbs for our homes. Actually, I think it's Isaiah. It is Isaiah thirty-two eighteen. This is a promise for you and a promise for me for our home. It says, my people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet, resting places. Amen. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jesus, he prayed and, and he said, um, Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Relationships are healthy and they're thriving in heaven. All different kinds of people, all working together and enjoying each other and appreciating each other uh, for who they are, not focusing on the differences, but rather 
thanking God uh, for those differences. Amen? <clears throat> we uh, know most of you in here, but uh, for those of you that we don't, uh, Kelly and I have been married for 23 years. We have uh, five kids. Uh, our oldest, uh, Weston, is a sophomore at Purdue, and then uh, Luke is 17 and a junior. Grace is 12 and in sixth grade, and then the twin boys, Sam and Joe, are 10, and they're in fourth grade. So four boys with a girl in the middle. <laughs> and uh, we believe that God has made us stewards um, of our children's lives. Amen? And uh, each of our children um, are uniquely gifted and uh, with specific giftings from God. Amen? And I uh, want to give you a, a couple of examples um, because our charge uh, as parents is to create this environment where they can thrive in those giftings. Amen? Someone asked me or, or someone mentioned a while back, what if, what if the kids don't meet your expectations? We've never looked at it that way. You know, expectations... Pressure on people saying you have to measure up to this or measure up to that. Of course, we all have expectations for those we're res responsible for, but we've never looked at it that way. You know, Jesus looked at leadership a whole different way. Uh, he said, I came to serve and not to be served. Amen. And God has given us authority as parents in the home. He's given us that authority, but he's called us to lead in a whole different way. Amen? We believe that he's called us to leave by, lead by serving. And uh, as we serve, kids will grab a hold of that. They'll understand it, and they'll serve right back. And they're very willing to submit to that type of authority. Amen? They're very willing to, to, to submit to an authority that's serving in love. Amen? And um, give you a, a couple of examples. Our, our oldest son, uh, Weston, uh, he and I are... Um, uh, very different and um, complete opposite. Yeah, we really are. And so it's important that I that you know, and we began to recognize it as a, as a young age. You know, our first conference with his kindergarten teacher said he's he's doing great, but I'm concerned because he doesn't talk to or interact with other children. During recess, he's off by himself, and he doesn't seem comfortable communicating with others. That was the first time we ever heard that, and we've heard it a thousand times since. <laughs> So um, he had a, uh, his physics teacher came up to me uh, at a basketball game his junior year, and he said, man, I'm amazed at that, that bridge that Weston built. And I, I, he didn't tell me about that. Oh, that's right, because he doesn't talk very much. But um, <laughs> he didn't tell me about that bridge. And, and, uh, and, and so the physics teacher started telling me about it. He's been a teacher for 30 years, and, and what the kids are charged to do, they have to build a bridge that spans 18 inches out of toothpicks and glue. And then they, uh, they suspend a bucket, and then they put weights in there, and they say whose bridge can, can, uh, can hold the most weight. And the teacher said in 30 years, the most anyone has ever done, the most weight that any bridge has ever, ever been able to hold was 30 pounds. And he said, with Weston's bridge, we ran out of weight at 60 pounds. And um, so has he not been interacting with other little kids since kindergarten? Perhaps. But does he have this unique gifting on the inside of him that he obviously didn't get from us. <laughs> Amen. He does. 
And it's amazing. So if, so if me as his dad, very different from him, if I have this set of expectations that I want him to be and I want him to do, I believe my role in his life would be to create an environment where he can thrive. Amen? And then, um, can I talk about you? Do you care? Get a smile on your face. Yes, thank you very much. So uh, we were watching this uh, home video uh, uh, when the kids were, were young, and this, this guy was uh, seven or eight, and um, he, he uh, well, we haven't owned an alarm clock since Luke was four years old because um, he gets out of bed. And uh, the first service, I said, adult, Grace is the adult in the family. That's not, that's somewhat true. Luke is the adult in the family since he was four. So uh, he, he's, he gets me out of bed every day since he was like four. So I know that's not a very good example, but that's w- what's happened. <laughs> and um, so we had a family movie, and uh, all the other kids were running around their T-shirts and athletic shorts, and there was Luke. You know, pressed shorts, uh, collared shirt tucked in, belt on, you know, kind of in in charge of the kids out there like this, you know. So he took this test in business class about, you know, what you're destined to be, and and the the result came out CEO. And because of these giftings that God has put in him, he liked that. He liked the result of that test. So, So what we've had to do, we've had to give him some space and recognize, wow, these giftings are from God, you know, and then create an environment where he can thrive. Amen? I talk way too much. I'm so sorry. No, I can do that. I'm sorry. You know, and I, I think one of the, the best things that we can do as parents is we can just, um, of course, we have expectations. We all want our children to do well, but we can just let our kids know that we believe in them. You know, that we believe that whatever God has called them to do, whatever God has called them to be, that they can do it. And when you honestly, from since they were children you know, since they were born, like we have spoken that over them, whatever God's plan is, whatever God's will is, he will give them the gifts and the talents. He'll equip them to be able to do it. It could be something that's like totally out of my comfort zone and seem crazy to me. But if God has called them to do that, then we let them know that we believe in them. And all of a sudden they begin to believe in themselves and they begin to see themselves doing these things. And we don't even have to tell them, you have to do this. You have to do this. It's like, they just, God supernaturally just like, puts it in them and, and they do it, you know, and it's so awesome. And so, you know, I just think, you know, there's a scripture that says, um, in Matthew six thirty three says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. And so when he's our focus and we're seeking him on what we need to do, what we need to say to our kids, how we need to raise our kids, you know, every child is different. I understand that because what works for Luke is not going to work for Weston. And so we can't like, you know, we can't expect to speak to Luke away. And then, well, that's how I spoke to Luke. So that's what it is for Weston because every child is different, which I recognize that. So as long as we're not trying to like fix the child and change the, and we're just seeking God and saying, God, I thank you that you're going to do what you need to do. We're just being willing and obedient. Um, you know, as long as we seek God first, and we keep our eyes on him, then he's going to take care of everything that concerns us. He knows we love our children. He loves our children. And so the key is honestly, 
continually keeping our eyes on Jesus, seeking him, seeking his will, seeking his word. And then it, his word is a promise that says he will give you everything you need. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you discernment. He'll give you answers. He'll give you insight. He'll give you input. He'll give you an open door to speak to your children. He's so good. You may not have children in your home today, but um, we all have people that God has put in our lives. And I was blessed this uh, couple weeks ago. Um, there, a young man in our church uh, uh, met him many years ago, and uh, not extremely close to him. And uh, he's in. A, uh, he just graduated from high school, and and he was in church a couple of weeks ago. And Pastor Pam's message really touched his heart, and so he told his grandma that it touched his heart, and he wanted he wanted to uh, he wanted to know how to how to grow in his relationship with the Lord, and uh, and and so his grandma reached out to me, and he said, "Hey, you know, he asked me about this. Could you reach out to him?" I said, "Absolutely, I'll do so." But before I reached out to him, he he direct messaged me on Facebook and said, what do I need to do to get closer to the Lord? So we want to be in a position in life where, where, so if this message today is not applicable for you with children in your home today, we're in a position where we're influencing lives every day. Amen? Amen. And I was so blessed because, you know, that message, that was an open heart saying, man, let's do this. And so we had lunch this past Monday, and uh, it's just a awesome, super bright kid, and I, I'm excited to see what God's going to do uh, in his life. <clears throat> Amen. The, uh, the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 31, we, we see from the very beginning, God identifying different giftings in people, and um, that God has given different people different gifts and abilities and unique talents, and if we can just each get in our lane, then... Uh, we can all work together and see God's perfect will come to pass. And so that's how we view our role as parents is to create that environment where the young person can thrive. Amen. And they can develop those individual unique giftings. And Exodus 31 uh, verse 1 says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses. You know, he was getting ready to, uh, to build a tabernacle. The Lord spoke to Moses. He said, See, I have called by name. Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels, for setting, in carving wood, and to work all manner of workmanship. Isn't that amazing? This young man was gifted by God from the beginning. And so when the time came and God needed to utilize that gift, he called on it. Amen. So create an environment where a young person can thrive. They can develop those giftings so that when the timing is right, God can call on them and bring those giftings out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I just think another, you know, to, to create, um, an environment where young people can thrive or children can thrive, then we have to um, continuously be focusing on the word and not on 
<laughs> the flaws of our children when they mess up or they don't make the best decisions. If we're continually focusing on the word and what the word of God says about them, we're not going to get discouraged and we're not going to react or respond, you know, to what they, to what they do. We're just going to continually, continuously see what God says about them. They're created in the image of God. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And it's really important, you know, we, as young people, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to make bad decisions sometimes. But it's really important, and, and I'm speaking from example on this, because um, to really think about the memory that you're creating with your child, because when you react and you respond in anger, you know, maybe they did do it, but, like, there's studies that say that the, the memory that they have is how you made them feel. They remember the look on your face. They don't necessarily remember what they did. You know, even if they did something wrong, they don't necessarily remember that. And they don't necessarily remember what you said, but they remember how you responded. They remember the look in your eye. They remember the humiliation, the belittling, how you made them feel. And it's really important that we just take a minute to respond the way that Jesus would want us to respond in all situations, no matter if it's something that you feel like is overwhelming, take a breath and ask the Holy Spirit what needs to be said in this situation. Um, because I had a, there was something, and now see the memory, I, something happened in the car and Sam did something and I was like, Samuel, and they all, they laugh now because I did have to ask for forgiveness and I repented, you know what I mean? But they all remember like the look that I had in my eye and I'll never forget the look that he had in his eye when I responded the way that I did. Cause now and if he does something wrong, the other kids say Samuel, Samuel. Yeah. So they remind me, but you know, I, I had to take, I had to ask for forgiveness and I had, you know, that was not right, but it's okay as parents to ask for forgiveness because now, you know, it's like we laugh about it and we've tried to turn that memory around and, and, <laughs> and make it good. So Grace reminded me of that first service member, Samuel, you know, so, um, so it's okay to, to ask for forgiveness, but it's, it's just really important to always think what kind of memory am I creating today? Is this a good memory or is this a bad memory? Is this a build up memory or is this a tear down memory? That's really good, Kelly. And in the first service, you talked about uh, being sensitive. What, oh, yeah. what happened? Being sensitive and recognizing those windows of time. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, and another life experience here, you know, I believe it was with Luke, you know, I'm wanting to tell him something that was really important. And like, I mean, it, it probably at the time was like godly wisdom and every, and I wanted to tell him right then but he was not listening. It was, there was not, he was not hearing it, you know, even though it was important. And I felt like that was, I wanted to speak it right then. Um, we always have to look for opportunities like, um, and God will show us. And it's usually a very <laughs> inopportune time, not the time that we think it should be, you know, cause we come home and we're been busy at work all day. So it's, eat supper six o'clock. Okay. I'm done for the day. I can sit down, turn on the TV and just chill out. You know what I mean? And, but really we're not done because usually the time that God like opens the heart of a young person is when we're tired and we don't feel like it. But if you can, um, speak to them when the heart is open, then they're going to receive it. But you can just, you can speak and speak and speak. And if it's not if their heart is not open, they are not going to receive. So we should constantly be looking for 
for times when their hearts are sensitive. It might be late at night. It might be early in the morning. It might be on the way to school. It might be when you are extremely tired and don't feel like it. But if, if you'll sacrifice the time now, then you're going to reap the benefits forever in life because they're going to receive the wisdom and they're going to receive what you have. And it, it, it'll be life-changing. The, the term is the window of their heart. The window of their heart is open at certain times. At certain times, it's closed. And the younger they are, the window of that heart is open more often. The older they get, the more specific the time will be that the window to their heart is closed and the window to their heart is open. And a great example was yesterday and uh, Saturday morning. You know, I had a busy week at work, a busy week of sports every evening. And uh, so Saturday morning, opportunity to sleep in and not do much. And the Masters was on. So I had uh, kind of carved, in my mind, I'd kind of carved out this time, you know. That was, that was some me time, some downtime. I was going to watch the Masters and not do much. And, uh, and then Kelly reminded me, like, Friday night. It's like, Grace has her uh, Indiana State musical contest tomorrow morning. It's like, yes, that's awesome. Sixth grade choir, yeah. yeah. I said, who's taking them? And she said, you are, or who's taking her? So praise the Lord. So this is really important to her, okay? She's not into golf like the four boys. She's not into basketball 24 hours a day like the four boys. She's not into all, all these other things that I do with them. This is important to her. And so this was an opportunity. A moment in time, the window of her heart is going to be open. And so got up early yesterday. We went to her music contest um, and uh, it was great. They did great middle school uh, choirs singing. Very, very interesting. <laughs> but um, afterwards, <laughs> afterwards, okay, I'm looking at my watch, and Jordan Spieth is teeing off in like 10 minutes, right? And I'm like, oh, perfect timing. It's good, man. Honey, you did good singing. Good job. And, um, and she said, hey, Dad, you want to go out to lunch? I was like, Yes. So, so we did. We went out to lunch, and uh, it's a special time, just me and her. The window of her heart is open. And so then the next time where there's an important situation, because you take that time when the window of their heart is open, and they're going to receive correction when they need to receive correction. They're going to receive the wisdom that God has put in your heart to help them live effectively in the world. Amen? After we had lunch... Jordan Speed's only on hole four. Yes. Dad, you want to get a smoothie? Yes, I do. So we went and got those smoothies are like four bucks. What? Yes, worth every penny. Let's go do it. So we did. Amen. We should, oh, let we me give one more example. A high value on our kids. And value, like when we value something, we take care of it. We want to spend time with it. We want to do whatever it takes to keep it in good condition and shape. And so our children should have like one of the highest values ever in our, you know, of anything that we have in our life. And, um, if you, if you look what Jesus did in the Bible, he, he constantly said, let the children come unto me. Let him spend. He didn't send him away because he was tired or he'd been doing all this busy work with important things. You know, he said, let the children come unto me. And he, you know, let him sit on their lap. And so I just encourage his disciples are trying to send them away. Right. 
get these kids away from Jesus. You're too, bu- you're too busy. You're too busy for these kids. You know what I mean? And so that's what the devil, you know, he wants to like tear families apart and let there be so much busyness that you don't have time to connect, but you really have to make a choice to like, man, I'm going to carve out every day. I'm going to spend time because I value my child more than anything, more than my job, more than fine, you know, more than anything, I value my child and I'm going to make sure that I spend time with what I value. That's awesome. More on windows to the heart. You know, oftentimes um, the window to the heart is open at a very inconvenient time. And um, Grace usually goes to bed first about 830. And that is the time of the day where I have located the strategic position. Remote in the right hand and feet on the, on the uh, kicked up on the stool, right? And uh, the favorite show is on. And we're right in the middle of a great part. And she says, well, I will tell you, she's 12. She's going on 13. I don't know how many more times she's going to say, hey, Daddy, come, come give me a kiss and tuck me in and pray with me. Right? So... Regardless of what favorite show is on, right, value what we value. Amen? And uh, the window to her heart is very open at that time. Take advantage of it. Amen? You got anything else? Are you all done? Words are powerful? You should do that. So we had no idea how this is going to work because in 23 years, we've never shared together. Well, actually, she said we did. So, but, so I didn't know if we were supposed to go and like I prepare a message and she prepares a message and then we get it together or do we go look at the Bible together and then see what God has to say together. And so what we did, we each prepared a word and then we came together and we didn't practice, but we thank God that it flows. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, just to... What, what, what did you, because I didn't even have a title of the message. So what did you title this message? I titled this message, Heaven on Earth Relationships. Right, Heaven on Earth Relationships. Well, one way to have Heaven on Earth Relationships, and it's so important, um, the words that we speak. Our words are powerful. And the reason I wanted to get this in, um, because um, this really connects with me, because when I was growing up, you know, I think, I was always like really short and really little and very quiet. Didn't have to be the center of attention. So like from a very young age, I can remember people saying, oh, that's shy little Kelly. Oh, she's so shy. You know what I mean? And which there's nothing wrong with, you know, not having to be the center of attention. Not, you know, I could care less if I'm up front or not. Some people enjoy being up front. That's different, you know, different gifts and talents. But being shy, for me, people spoke that over me so long, that means, oh, I don't have a voice, and I'm timid, and I'm, you know, I'm fearful. And so shyness rooted in fear, all of a sudden, those words were spoken over me, and not that anybody meant anything bad. They were just words, right? And so I really began to believe I'm shy and you know, I need to be back here and, you know, be fearful. And those words, it affected the choices that I made for my life and the decisions that I made. And, um, because I began to believe, oh yes, I'm just shy little Kelly back here, you know? And so I just think what an awesome opportunity with our children to speak because 
I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says somebody was shy and timid and fearful. Perfect love cast out all fear. That's what I see. We were created in the image of God, and, and he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. There's a fierceness. You know what I mean? There's a boldness. No, we don't have to be the center of attention up front, but I'm not afraid, and I'm not fearful, and I'm not shy. Amen? And so what a great opportunity for us, you know, no matter... No matter what, we have the opportunity to speak words of life over our children. You're powerful. You're a mighty man of God. You're going to do great things. You're going to lay hands on the sick, and they're going to recover. We have a great opportunity to speak the word of God and the truth because there's going to be a lot of people, and it might be people close. There are going to be a lot of people speaking things that are, are not the word of God over them. So it's such a great opportunity as parents to speak the word of God, because your words are powerful. And when you words spoken are words birthed. And so somewhere along the line, those words were spoken enough over me that I was like, that's how I saw myself. But that was not the way that God saw me. He didn't see me fearful and timid and afraid. You know, now there's different gifts and different talents, which I understand for each, each person, but shy and fearful, that's not from God. Amen. And so I just encourage you to really pray and ask the Lord to help you see your children every day the way that God sees them. No matter how they react, no matter how they respond, no matter what they might be doing, you see them the way that God sees them. And he'll give you the words to speak over them to to bring it forth and, and cause life to rise up. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. And freedom. And so every day when we wake up in our home, we create the environment by what we allow in, what we invite in, and what we allow to enter the home. And uh, every day we could say out loud, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this house. We yield ourselves to you. Be here, be present. Fill our home with your love, with your grace, with your peace, with your joy. Father, show us what role we are to play to allow your love to manifest and flow in this home. Amen? I had a dream uh, several years ago, and uh, it was vivid enough that I still remember it. And, uh, and, and I saw, I knew it was the devil, and it wasn't, uh, I didn't see a, uh, it was just a presence, and I knew he was trying to get in the house. I saw him going around. He was checking the doors on the outside. He was checking the windows. He got down the basement window. He's checking that window. And uh, the enemy was trying to get in the house. And uh, I woke up, and uh, God gave me a different picture of uh, Gladiator, Russell, uh, Russell Crowe. And uh, the Lord, I felt like he, he spoke this to me, that the enemy has no authority to enter your home, home unless you, as the spiritual authority in the home, allow him in. Amen? And so he showed me a picture of Gladiator standing out front, uh, you know, in his, in his Gladiator attire. And uh, the enemy came by, saw him, and went on down the road. And uh, we have, by God, been given spiritual authority in that home. It's a position that he's given us. If you're a single parent, he has given you that position as the spirit, as as the single parent. Amen. Fathers in the home, God has given us the role as the spiritual authority in the home. Amen. We it's it's a supernatural position that God has put us in, and if we don't allow the enemy in, he can't get in. Amen. He's given us that supernatural position in the home. Amen. A spiritual position.
And in Deuteronomy 30, 19, it says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And we tell our kids this every day in the car rides. You have a choice every day. Nobody forces you to react a certain way. Nobody forces you to do something. You have a choice. Am I going to choose to be happy? Am I going to choose to live the way that God is calling me to live? Am I going to choose to seek him first? Am I going to choose to walk in forgiveness? Am I going to choose to to walk in love? Am I going to choose you know, to, to shut the door on the enemy and take that spiritual position in my household? It's a choice every day. And a lot of, you know, Sometimes people have missed out on the blessings of God and seeing all that God has for them because they have made the choice to not do it the way that God has said to do it. But he's given us instructions in here as single parents, as married couples, as, you know, grandparents, whatever it is, God has given us this instruction manual and it's so clear and so easy and we complicate it sometimes because we want to do it this way or we see it this way. But if we would just take a minute and just say, Holy Spirit. What do you want to happen today? What do you want said today? How do you want it done today? Not my will, as Pastor Pam's message was, but thy will be done. And God is so faithful, he'll show us. That's why he's given us this word every day to get into it, the instruction manual to know exactly how to take care of our children and our family. Amen? Amen. Create a, create a home environment where, where kids and young people want to be present. Amen? They want to be there. Um, and, uh, our, we believe that the next generation is supposed to go higher. Our kids should go higher and farther and, and do more than we do. Amen. And our grandparents should go, or our grandchildren should go higher than they go. And, uh, awesome example that, and my mom uh, reminded me of this when she was here last week, I got a D plus in, in science in sixth grade. (laughs) And, uh, she keeps reminding me of that, and uh, she reminds my kids. And, and um, I blamed it on Amy Blickenstaff, who was sitting next to me, but we all knew it was my fault. But um, our kids are called to go higher and uh, do more and, and, uh, than we are. And uh, it's, it's awesome. it sounds like we're bragging, but we're not, and I hope you don't see it that way, but really just giving God all the glory and all the praise and all the honor that that uh so thankful for the wisdom that we got sitting here in this ministry because through the baptism of the holy spirit and through the word that we've been taught we've just been able to put that word into action and now we're seeing it we're seeing it play out and happen in the kids it it is amazing to me (laughs) we're seeing the word work so i want to encourage you that the word is powerful and when you pray over your children, you will see the word come to pass in their life. Amen. So this little one, 12, uh, sixth grade, <clears throat> she's never had a D plus, right? She's never had a C plus. She's never had a B plus. She's never had an A minus. <clears throat> so this last report card, she had five A pluses and two A's crazy i feel sorry for all the other kids because they give out these awards for each subject and i'm like all these other kids never get the awards lighten up a little bit so it's just this it's this gifting that god has put in her amen it's like she's a serious student she 
She's just all over it. She's so disciplined and determined, way more disciplined than me, right? I want to have fun. She wants to study science and math. Like, stop studying. Let's go have some fun. (laughs) Create an environment where young people can thrive. Amen? Recognize those giftings, talents, and abilities. And uh, Brad, if you guys can come come up, that'd be great. Recognize those giftings, talents, and abilities, and uh, be humble enough to uh, recognize that we're often wrong. And uh, like Kelly said, be willing to apologize. Create a home environment that's gentle, caring, and kind. Create a home environment that's not so intense, right? One that's filled with love, one that's filled with joy. Don't take everything so serious. Amen? Amen? Speak God's word in faith. But don't have such heavy expectations on the children that if they don't meet those expectations, there's wrath to come. Relieve that burden off of them. Amen. Lift that burden off their shoulders so they don't have to meet those expectations. Believe the best in them. Speak God's word over them. Pray for them. Show them how to do it. None of us are perfect. Constantly making mistakes. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. His mercies are brand new every day. We don't have to be perfect parents. Amen. Give God a hand this morning. Amen. We don't have to be perfect parents, but through his mercy and through his grace every day, the leading of his Holy Spirit and the supernatural wisdom that only comes from him, we'll know what to do. We'll know what to say in every relationship that he's entrusted us with. Amen. Our best days are straight ahead. Amen. Your children are destined for greatness. Your grandchildren are destined for greatness. Amen. Hallelujah. In Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. So I just encourage you, dream big for your families, for your relationships. Think big. Dream big. Have a vision. God is so awesome and he is so faithful. There is nothing he can't do. No situation that he can't turn around. No child that he can't go and rescue and save. And I just want to encourage you with this. um, This... In Romans, it says Romans, Paul's greatest Romans, Paul's greatest work is placed first among the 13 epistles. So I'm just telling you this because Paul wrote books in the Bible and before he was Paul, he was Saul. Okay. And so maybe some of you are believing for your children to be saved. There's nothing too difficult for God. There's no too, there's no child that has gone too far that God can't go and rescue. And with my own life, my dad, he was you know, raised in a Christian home his entire life, but then he wasn't, he wasn't a Christian. He sold drugs. He did drugs. He was really wild, really rebellious. And in the natural, it looked like there is no way that he would ever, ever be found. He would ever give his life to Jesus. And faithfully, his parents prayed for him, spoke the word over him. And guess what? They didn't point out to him, you messed up again. You, you should be doing this. They loved him right where he was at. And one day, just like Saul, God showed up on the scene in a bright light. My dad wasn't in church. He was at home after he had gone drinking, and God showed up, and his life was never, ever the same again. Radically changed. He became a minister, okay? So I'm just telling you, the gift and the call that God has on your life, your children's life, it's irrevocable. No matter what they may be doing or what they may be speaking, God's call and his plan is still there. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Keep speaking the word. Keep loving them. Keep trusting the Holy Spirit. Keep putting his word forth. First, 
and God will do it. Amen. Just place him in God's hands and he'll do it. He's so good. Her dad is so funny, so outgoing, so bold, so motivated, so loud. And the devil used all those things in his life at an early age. But his parents loved him back into relationship. They loved him. And and so the message of love and the message of grace is so real to him because it happened in his life. He's like, they loved me back in. They never condemned me. They loved me back into the kingdom. Amen. And it happened when Kelly was in fourth grade.